You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Tuesday, the 17th of November, which means there's only 64 days left until Donald Trump and Mike Pence can stop pretending they're friends. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, why this Thanksgiving could be your last, how Trump might still win this election, and Kevin Hart joins me on the show for one of the most fun interviews I've ever had. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Look, there's no denying there's a lot of heavy stuff in the news right now. But before we get to all of that, let's kick it off with a fun crime story that's genuinely out of this world. And now that I hear that, it probably sounded like it has something to do with outer space, which it doesn't. No, it's not out of this world. It's still pretty cool, though. A wild chase worthy of the big screen. The suspect in a multi-million dollar Ponzi scheme tried to escape the feds under the water of Lake Shasta. The U.S. Attorney's Office says Matthew Piercy took off in his truck when the FBI showed up at his home and eventually jumped on a sea scooter, a device that propels people up to 100 feet underwater. Well, agents eventually spotted his bubbles and waited him out. When he finally emerged, well, they cuffed him. Man, there is so much that I love about this story. First of all, I love how the guy had the sea scooter ready. Like he knew he was gonna have to outrun the feds at some point. Because that's gonna be really hard to explain to the judge. I'm not guilty, your honor. Although yes, I did try to escape with a method used mostly by cartoon supervillains. And how are you gonna try to escape in a lake? My man, a lake doesn't go anywhere. It's like if OJ took the white Bronco around a NASCAR track. You're not escaping. You're just wasting everyone's time. I'm also disappointed that the cops just waited him out. Like, what's the point of even having an Aquaman if we're not gonna use him? But let's move on to the only story of the world, the raging coronavirus pandemic. This morning, alarming COVID numbers all across the country. One million Americans diagnosed with COVID-19 just this week. That's about 100 Americans diagnosed every minute. In Philadelphia, where cases are rising, the city starting sweeping restrictions Friday, closing indoor dining, gyms, and putting an end to youth sports through the end of the year. California also seeing a surge starting Tuesday. 94% of the state will fall under its strictest tier of restrictions. In Michigan, rapid spread, almost 13,000 new COVID-19 cases in one day. In Utah, ICUs are nearing capacity. Frontline workers from New York, once the epicenter of the virus, are now heading there to help. In Iowa, the strain on state hospitals led Governor Kim Reynolds to announce a new mask mandate in nearly all indoor spaces and a ban on indoor gatherings of more than 15 people after months of resisting calls to do so. If Iowans don't buy into this, we lose. You know, guys, it's amazing to me that we are eight months into this pandemic and we're somehow getting worse at dealing with it. It makes no sense. Imagine if I started learning French today and on day one, I was like, je ne peux pas français, parlez-vous français? And then eight months later after practicing, I was like, uh, me no French, don't speak French. And I think it's a little insane that these restrictions are just now happening because we've known about the importance of wearing a mask for months. And some states are only now putting a mask mandate into place, only now? It's like hosting a pool party and then in the last 10 minutes saying, all right, guys, new rule, 
No shitting in the pool. Yeah, I'm looking at you, David. I mean, better late than never, but there's some shit floating around. But this is why it's so important to always wear a mask in public spaces. Like you can protect your loved ones and your whole community with a $3 strip of fabric, people. You have no excuse. And yes, maybe you're saying, but Trevor, I'm a rich snob. I would never wear something that only cost $3. Well, now you have no excuse either. Who says that staying safe can also be a fashion statement? The world's most <laughs> expensive face mask now making its debut. The $1.5 million mask was created by an Israeli jewelry company. Hey, the holidays are coming. It features more than 3,600 black and white diamonds set in 250 grams of pure 18 karat gold. The designer says <laughs> it's made to be 100% wearable. It features a slot for the wearer to insert, yes, a disposable N99 mask, which is actually finer than an N95 mask. Yeah. Wow. A $1.5 million mask. Rich people, learn how to read the room. People all over the world are like, we're starving and we need a more equal society. And then rich people are like, is there any way I can breathe through diamonds? I'm just saying, maybe lay low for a little while. Honestly, guys, where are you even gonna wear this thing, huh? Where are you gonna wear a diamond mask? I mean, you're not gonna wear it in the streets. What are you gonna wear to a, a fancy party? You're not even supposed to be having parties during Corona. So you're just gonna end up wearing this around the house, showing it off to your cat. So, Mr. Whiskers, you impressed? No, you go back to where you came from. Of course, masks aren't the only important thing needed to slow the spread of coronavirus. We also have to keep up social distancing. And right now, that means not having big family get-togethers for the holidays, especially indoors, which sucks. Please don't get me wrong, I get it. But does it suck more than having your loved ones die of COVID? Well, according to the Trump administration, yes. Yes, it does. Dr. Scott Atlas, who is one of the president's sources as, as it relates to the pandemic, and he has now come out and is talking about what, what people should be doing as they head into Thanksgiving with so much attention on the holiday right now. And this kind of isolation is one of the unspoken tragedies of the elderly who are now being told, don't see your family at Thanksgiving. For many people, this is their final Thanksgiving, believe it or not. What are we doing here? I think we have to have a policy, which I have been advocating, which is a whole person, whole health policy. No, man, this dude can't be serious. For many people, this is their final Thanksgiving? Really? I mean, yes, thanks to the Trump administration is definitely gonna be many people's final Thanksgiving, but still. And I love that, that whole whole person health policy. If you get corona, that's the whole thing. It's not like you're gonna say, well, I died of COVID, but damn, those mashed potatoes were great. Look, I do think it's important for people to see their families, especially around Thanksgiving. People look forward to it. But I also think it's more important to be able to see your family for the next 10 Thanksgivings, that they'll hopefully get to be with you in person after all of this is done. It's not like Americans aren't used to the idea of not going home for the holidays because they have to keep the country safe. American generals in World War II, they understood this. They weren't like, yes, beating Hitler is important. But what's the point of freedom if we have to miss cranberry sauce for one year? Let's go home, soldiers. And it's so hilarious that conservatives have ended up here. Because when this pandemic started, you remember? They said, we don't need to shut down the economy, just be safe and responsible. 
Then they were like, we don't have to wear masks just to protect the elderly. Now they're like, you know what? Bring the elderly in here. I can't fit all those leftovers in my fridge. Okay, get in here. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why Trump is willing to risk old people being exposed to corona this much. Unless, unless he thinks that it'll end up making him look good in the long run because you won't have old people dying if all the old people are already dead. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, Donald Trump's last ditch plan to win the election that he lost. And after that, my can't miss interview with Kevin Hart. Stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. It has now been 10 days since Joe Biden was declared the winner of the 2020 presidential election. But outgoing president, Donald Jigglypuff Trump, is still looking for ways to overturn the results. Recounts haven't worked for him. Legal challenges haven't worked for him. And he even tried signing an executive order that November 3rd was opposite day, but somehow that didn't work. But it turns out there is one more thing that Trump could try. Could faithless electors save President Trump's re-election? Some Republicans trying to get faithless electors to vote against the will of the people. President Trump's allies and his family today urged Republican state legislatures to ignore the will of voters in their states and to install electors that will cast electoral votes for President Trump. Yeah. Even though Trump lost the election, some of his people are hoping that he could pull out a win by using faithless electors. And although faithless electors sounds like one of your auntie's grown-up novels, they're not. And look, please don't get me wrong. This would be a long shot, a long shot. Like it's, it's about as likely as Mitch McConnell being on the cover of Men's Health. But theoretically, faithless electors could give Trump the presidency. So the question is, who are they? What are they? And how can they be used to overturn the election? Well, let's find out in another installment of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. kid, you probably believed that people vote for presidents and whoever gets the most votes wins. Yeah? Simple child mind. The same way you believed that your younger brother was brought by the stork. But once you got older, you learned that actually your mom and dad were riding the F train to Bone Town because Bone Town is where the stork lives and that's how they got your little brother. And in the same way, the system for electing a president in America is more complex than just one person, one vote. Because you see, America's founding fathers wanted to come up with something that would prevent their biggest fear, the people choosing someone terrible. The Electoral College is a sort of glued together solution to a problem that the Constitutional Convention couldn't really solve. They said, should the Congress elect the president. No, if they do that, then Congress will own the presidency. Another option was to have the people select their leader. But at the time, they thought the country was too large and the people not informed enough to make that choice. And one of the odd compromises that they came up with was actually using this set of uh, political elites to do the actual voting for president, but still providing a mechanism to select those those electors. They thought by creating this wise group of elites, these electors could filter popular passions 
They were afraid of a demagogue being chosen. They mistrusted direct democracy. Alexander Hamilton wrote that the goal was to ensure that, quote, the office of president will never fall to the lot of any man who is not in an eminent degree endowed with the requisite qualifications. That's right. According to Alexander Hamilton, <clears throat> the office of the president will never fall to the lot of any man who is not in an eminent degree endowed. Damn, I should make a musical out of this. Do you guys hear this? But the point is, Americans don't vote for the president. Americans vote for a slate of electors who will then go on to vote for the president. In many ways, it's the same way that American high school kids don't buy the beer. They give the homeless man money, and then he goes to buy the beer on their behalf. That way, it's more responsible. And it's amazing how, if you read into it, the founding fathers really thought that everyone in the country was super dumb. Because everyone talks about how they wanted to build a new perfect society, when really, they were just basically installing childproofing to keep the country safe and stop Americans from eating sand. Now, this whole idea of electors being smarter than the masses fell by the wayside pretty quickly. And one of the main reasons for doing this was because they thought a lot of Americans wouldn't know enough about the candidates to vote for them. But you see, that was hundreds of years ago when information was harder to come by. Like, you only found out news when someone delivered it by horse. But now, we've got the internet, people. We're, everyone's super informed. Like, everyone in America, we all know things. Just look at my phone. I, like, I know that Hunter Biden moved to Russia and sold his laptop to Rudy Giuliani for drugs. I know that Hillary Clinton is in a pedophile ring and they drink the blood of children. And I know that Melania has a body double who's having an affair with Gary Busey. Huh. Actually, you know what? Maybe we should go back to the horse. I, I don't know about this internet thing. But the point is, Today, it's understood that a state's electors will vote for the candidate who won their state's popular vote. The only problem is, that's just an understanding. It's not an actual law. According to the National Archives, there is no constitutional provision or federal law that requires electors to vote according to their results of the popular vote in their state. Those who don't follow the wish, the will of the electorate, they're called faithless electors. In 2016, four of the 12 electors in Washington decided not to vote for Hillary Clinton, despite Hillary Clinton winning the popular vote in that state. Instead, three voted for Colin Powell and one voted for the Native American activist Faith Spotted Eagle. It isn't a new concept. According to Fair Vote, there have been 167 faithless electors since the Electoral College was founded. 43% changed their vote because the candidate they were supposed to vote for died before the Electoral College could vote. 40% who chose to vote for the candidate they wanted rather than matching the popular vote. 17% either didn't vote or cast an abnormal vote. In the 2004 election, rather than casting their vote for John Kerry, the unknown elector cast their vote for Kerry's VP, John Edwards, and also misspelled Edwards' name as Edwards. Wow. So the founders just let electors do whatever they want. They can choose someone the people didn't vote for, they can vote for a third party. They can even just vote for a typo. I can't believe what a giant flaw in the American electoral system this is. It's like finding out that they keep a key to Fort Knox under the doormat. And just by the way, I don't know if we should be holding voters accountable for the correct spelling of names. I don't think that's fair, especially in a country that's got a hundred different ways to spell Allison. How do you have four L's in your name, Allison? Now, a lot of people do realize that this system is a problem. In fact, states were recently given the power to require electors to follow the will of the people. 
Unfortunately, very few of them actually do. In the past term, the Supreme Court upheld the right of the states to insist that electors vote for the person who won the popular vote. But here's the deal. Only 14 of the 50 states actually have that legal requirement. In those 14 states, if a, if a faithless elector goes rogue, the state can throw them out on the street and get somebody else in to vote according to the popular vote. But in all the rest of the states, uh, if a faithless elector goes off on their own tooth, there's nothing the state can do about it except fine them. Really? Electors can subvert the will of the voters and undermine the foundations of democracy and their punishment is the same as parking in front of a fire hydrant. In fact, parking in front of a hydrant is even worse because you don't just get a fine, you'll also get towed. I mean, charging someone $1,000 for giving the presidency to someone doesn't mean that they won't do it. It just means the bidding starts at $1,000. Now, the good news is Trump has down so many electors that it's unlikely he can convince enough of them to turn against their state's voters and vote for him. But the bad news is it's easy to see how a future election could be close enough that the losing candidates could convince enough electors to make them the winning candidates. And it would be totally legal. So, just a warning to all the states out there. You guys might wanna firm up your laws about faithless electors, you know, because Trump might not succeed this time, but it's only a matter of time before Dumb Jr. runs. And God help us all if that chinless motherfucker ever gets into the White House. So. Those are the electors, and that's how they can change the game. And if you don't know, now you know. Stick around, because when we come back, Jordan Klepper goes to the MAGA rally in DC, and Kevin Hart tells us why he's quitting everything. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Last Saturday, Washington DC was the site of the Million MAGA March which was thousands of angry, fired-up people refusing to believe the results of the election. So, of course, we sent our very own Jordan Klepper there to chat with them, and he filed this very tense edition of Jordan Fingers the Pulse. Trump's people were gathering, so I went to Washington, D.C., to the self-proclaimed and self-counted Million MAGA March, where moms for Trump, MAGA dads, and free jazz instrumentalists for Trump converged to do what exactly? We are here to celebrate the winning of Donald Trump. Oh, you're four years too late. Huh? You're four years too late. No. What? No, no, no. He's, he won this time. This time? He won. Not the size of the flag that matters. It's how many votes you get in the electoral college system. They were here to celebrate the fact that America is a rich, diverse nation with so many different kinds of alleged election fraud. There's people, there's people that's, that's changing votes. Who? People across, across the United States. Where did you hear this? It, all over. We can't ignore it. We're talking about having dead people vote, number one. Should Trump have appealed more to the dead person vote? Should he appeal? We just need fairness. To me, the biggest fraud is, unfortunately, the millions of voters that voted for Biden that were uh, brainwashed by the media. Everybody said this thing. Stand on your flag. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a big flag. Yes, please don't yeah. stand on it. It's also not an American flag. The stars and stripes on it, brother. Just appreciate it if you don't stand Doesn't on it. Doesn't it feel like it's mostly Donald Trump obscuring still the flag? appreciate it if you don't stand on it. To be honest, if anybody's disrespecting a flag, I think it's the 10-foot-high Donald Trump. I have an analogy. In the NFL, there's a close play. What do they do? They re review it. Right? And sometimes it takes them 15 minutes. There's delays the game. They got to look at every little technicality. Let me do one. I got an analogy. It's like the NFL. There's a game, okay? It's the Lions versus the Packers. The Lions lose. Everybody goes home. But the Lions stay on the field and they say, we didn't lose. And everybody's like, well, if you look at the scoreboard, it's like, uh-uh. He didn't lose. Who didn't lose? Trump. But he had less votes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you got to take California out of the equation and he wins the national. If you definitely discount certain people, then the numbers add up in your favor. Okay. For what? You want a flag? Stop the steal, bro. That's stole it. Stole it blatantly. What, what, what's, what's the evidence? The, 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 the mail-in ballots. First of all, we all know the whole corona was to send the mail-in ballots out to steal the election, along with the, the, uh, the voting machines are all compromised. So wait, 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 the corona was created to create... Dem the Democrats are working with the communist Chinese to put Biden in because uh, because China has blackmail on Joe Biden. That is a fact. Do you have that on any t-shirt? No. People are stealing our election, it's obvious. This is our country, people are stealing our election. How are they stealing the election? Because it's, they're putting voter fraud, it's suspicious. How are they putting voter fraud? Department of Homeland Security said it was the most secure election in America. Who's that? That's one guy like you and me, Brosif. That's Donald. That's one guy like you and me. That's Donald Trump's Department of Homeland that's Security. Excellent. And so, because one person says something, that's a that's definitely means what it is. That's the government, and the, and the court. Tr Trump's lawyer said there's no fraud. Don't try and twist it, baby. I've been in politics for a long time. Don't try and twist me, baby. You're in politics. I am the regional Tea Party chairman in Fredericksburg, baby. You're the Tea Party. I'm the Tea Party, baby. I'm the regional Tea Party chairman in the Fredericksburg region. Come on, fake news. What you got? Go find yourself a safe space. We are patriots. Let me get this straight. You're yelling at me to find a safe space and you have elevated yourself with a megaphone and you have a shield. They were having trouble facing the reality at hand, though there were occasional signs of progress. Something fitting about a U-Haul truck here. Yet no one seems to acknowledge that Trump's legal defense is crumbling. It doesn't matter though. For these guys, some battles never end. What is that? Is that, is that Trump? That's Trump on a Confederate flag? That's a Confederate flag, yeah. See that CNN? Cold water. See that? still lives. Cold water. Buddy, you don't know how to pick a winner. You might as well put a Jets hat on. If they don't trust this election's narrative, which the rest of the world is seeing, what do they trust? I trust Trump and what he says and what he knows. You know, I don't trust the media that much. So the only person you really believe is Donald Trump himself? Uh, that's not the only person I believe. Who else do you believe? I mean, ultimately, I believe Jesus is king and I believe the Bible. That's like two. So you got Jesus and Trump. No, I trust a lot of people. My friends, my family. What do you say to critics? Tucker Carlson. I yeah. Tucker Carlson, Jesus, I and Donald Trump. And more. I could go on and on if you want. No, I, I think I get the picture. We used to like Fox. We don't like Fox. We don't like, we don't Fox like MSNBC. Anymore. We don't like CBS. We don't like any of the fake news channels because they lie all the time. What happened to Fox? Was it their COVID coverage that turned you off? No. What about Hannity? I like Hannity. Tucker. Tucker. And Tucker. Yes. So just two hours every day of Fox News, otherwise it's a complete boycott. Yes, absolutely. Even Fox wasn't welcome at this Magapalooza, which was feeling less like the peace and love of Woodstock and more like the buzzkill at Ultima. F***ing people! 
Signaling the end of an era complete with actual knife violence. For you guys, the liberal media, I have one word for you. You are controlled by the deep state. That's like four, five, six government. words, ten words. You. That's even two. That one's even two. Push the fake news. Two words. That's two. That's two words. Can no one in the MAGA world count? Thank you so much for that, Jordan. I'm glad you were able to make new friends. All right, stick around because when we come back, Kevin Hart is going to be joining us on the show, and it's going to be a blast. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. My guest tonight is the Kevin Hart. He joined me on the show to talk about the accident that changed his life and his latest Netflix comedy special called Zero F***s Given. Kevin Hart, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like the creative behind it. Like the whole social distancing thing, but still keeping it going. I like it, Trev. I like what you're doing. (laughs) Man, you know what's crazy about you is you haven't changed. A lot of people don't know this. Um, some of the diehard fans of the show would, but you were the first guest ever on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. A lot of people didn't want to come on the show. They were like, I don't know what this South African's gonna be all about. Kevin Hart was like, nah, I'll stick my neck out. It's a small neck, but I'll do it. And you stuck it out for me, and I appreciate that. Well, you were a comedian. You were, you were a fellow comic, and I love the fact that you were a comic coming from across the water uh, and, and embracing an opportunity here in the States. I thought it was dope. I thought your story was dope. And it was more about supporting you in that platform. I was shocked that you said yes, because you were already Kevin Hart, the superstar. You are truly, in my opinion, the most bankable star in Hollywood. I mean, I've watched movies where you made cameo appearances and you gave 300%. I've seen you on stage in comedy clubs where nobody knew your name, but you were giving 500%. What are you doing next? Are you coming out with a Kevin Hart vaccine for this pandemic? What are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no vaccine. No, no vaccine <laughs> is, is on the way or underway. Um, you know, right now, man, it's it's crazy because we we were in this this thing, this crazy moment, and I found myself sitting with like you know nothing to do for one of the first times in my career when we were shut down. There was literally nothing. And I took advantage of having that time, of course, spending it with my family, chilling. And I decided to to put the pen to the pad and come up with a new set. I ended up taping a set during the pandemic and now it's about to release. So I think that's the thing that I'm looking most forward to, seeing people's reaction to this version of me in stand-up comedy. Uh, I like to call it a raw version of myself, uh, hence the title, Zero F***s Given. So I feel like there's a deeper meaning to this about Zero F***s Given. And a lot of it has to do with Absolutely. that part in the special where, you know, you know, when you're talking about the accident and you're talking about the life that Kevin Hart had and the life that Kevin Hart is living now, talk me through some of that. Like, I, I, I would love to know because the whole world went through that moment. Kevin Hart, we heard his back might've been broken and we didn't know if he was coming back. And then the next thing we know, you were back and you were back on the grind again, but it's like there was a moment that was missing and this special answers that question. So what does zero f- actually mean? You know, when you have a moment like that, you you put things in perspective differently, right? You look at life differently. And the version of myself that I was pre-accident was a guy that took a lot of things for granted. You know, I expected things to be a certain way because that's what they seemed to be. 
Uh, I'm in control. I'm doing it. I, I, I. I use that word a lot. And, you know, sometimes you need a wake-up call. Sometimes you need an awakening. Zero is given for the first time is me being okay with being myself and, and not explaining why I'm being myself. You know, um, within stand-up comedy, I've always had to do it a certain way after a certain level of success because of all that I have and all of the people underneath right. me that right. are a part of my, my pyramid, you know, as a, as a CEO, as a chairman of multiple companies, you know, what I do affects so many others. And I've had to walk a certain way, walk on a straight line um, and, and try not to put others' lives in jeopardy based off of my reckless behavior and mistakes. And in this one, this is about me being okay with, with, not just mistakes, but verbal freedom. Uh, it means I'm not saying things and and closing my eyes because of the consequences that's going to come with it. Right? Yeah, I I'm, I'm doing stand-up comedy, and I'm 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 doing it, being oblivious to our culture of today. I didn't let today's times affect my development of this material. And when I say zero is given, it basically means. Guys, I don't I don't care about the conversation outside anymore. I've, I've lost a little bit of patience and I don't mind telling you why. Here's why I'm a little flustered. Here's why I'm a little frustrated. Here's why there's a little chip on yeah. my shoulder. Here's yeah. why uh, I am the man that I am. Here's what happened with me, especially after my accident. But it's uh -huh. me uh -huh. in a way where I don't give a f about how you feel about what I'm saying. I'm saying it because I want to. Take it or leave it. The only concern I have though is Kevin Hart is, like, how come you're still driving those cars? Why do you drive cars without an airbag? That's what I want to know. Why would you do, you have so I much mean, money, Kevin. Why would you go backwards you to buy cars that don't have airbags? Here's why. You get one life, Trevor. You get that one means you life. should drive a car with an airbag. That logic is flawed. Okay, well, I'm going to give you my logic. And if you feel it's flawed, guess what? I don't give a fuck. This is part of my special. This, this is part of the special. Here's what, man. You know what? I love old school cars. I love building cars. I love developing cars from beginning, middle to end. I love Mopar. I love what it means. I love the muscle and idea behind it. I love having collector's items. I love the fact that some of my cars will never be driven and will be priceless. That's a hobby that I have. As you get older, you got to find more things that you can put your all into that you love, that you enjoy. So stand-up comedy is one right. of those things. Right. Act that's one of those things. But as you get older, those things take up a lot of your time. As you right. get older, you want to be home more, but you need hobbies. And those hobbies aren't just your wife and your kids. You need things that occupy your mental, your creative thinking, your creative space. And for me, that's a world where I find joy. I'm not going to compromise my happiness because of the thought or feeling from others. It makes me happy. So, so you're just going to be a mechanic, so Kevin? Is that what you're telling me? Hey man, I'll, I'll be the best father and husband and mechanic and chill guy ever. I am, I am not. I am not going to be the angry guy. Okay, okay. I'm okay. not. Going to be speaking, speaking I've of being, speaking of, of being a good father and 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 being at home and everything. Where are you? It feels like you snuck into an abandoned building and like you're doing this from like an office that got shut down because of COVID. Where are you? This is not your house. You've got a nice house. Where are you? I'm in a, I'm in Toronto. I'm in a, I'm in a house in Toronto. Okay. I'm doing a You're movie. Doing right a movie. Now. Okay. Man, man from Toronto.
you love making movies. I, I don't think you'll ever stop making movies. I have a strong passion for it, but you got to understand it's a it's a person to person interacting right. crank, right? So look at where we are today, and I'm you know I'm praying to God that we recover. But I'm doing a movie uh, in the middle of this COVID pandemic, right, right. and people got masks. We got to be six feet apart. There's social distancing. I'm praying that we get back to the place of old uh, and, and get out of this. But for me, I'm a, I feed off of energy. I feed off of right. positivity. That's what the movies business, that's what it's right. done for me. Like making right. movies and seeing people go watch the movies, go laugh at those movies, that makes me happy. That That's right. joy to me. When I can't do it at the level that I've done it and I've done it at the highest level, well then it's time to start to rethink and have different conversations. And not that we're there yet, it's just how I'm just, it's just perspective, you know, I'm 41. So am I Am I gonna be 45 and it's still the same? If so, let's keep riding. At 50, is it still the same? If so, let's keep riding. But if we keep sliding down this this world of y'all can see the back of my head, y'all, I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. Oh man, I'm well, you know out, what? We, you know what? We're gonna fight to make sure that doesn't happen, man. I love watching your comedy. I love watching you. You know, I've always loved you as a human being, and I appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for sharing positivity, and uh, good luck with the movie, Kevin Hart. Don't quit. Don't be a mechanic. But if you are a mechanic, I'm gonna bring my car to you because then, I mean, you're gonna hook me up. No, no, you keep that piece of shit. I've got an airbag. You're gonna talk about, I got an airbag, Kevin Hart. My car's not gonna send yeah, me to I the hospital if I bump into a pole, Kevin Hart. I got an airbag. I got cars that need them. I got airbags in <laughs> those. Oh, man. Before I go, shout out to Heaven, Hendrix, uh, Kaori, Kenzo, Iniko, the Hart household. I love you guys. I can't wait to get back home soon. Uh, Dad is working hard on another movie that will hopefully bring us back to a place of old and bring us closer together and make us smile. Trevor, and that's what you do, man. So don't you stop doing what you do. I can't wait till you get out this corner and get back in the goddamn <laughs> studio. Nobody puts me in a corner, Kevin Hart. Nobody puts me in a corner. My dude, thank you so much for the time, man. Look after yourself. My God, love you, boy. All right, man. Don't forget, Zero F***s Given is now streaming on Netflix. Well, that's our show for tonight, everybody. But before we go, remember that Thanksgiving is coming up. And because of Corona, there are many seniors who are stuck at home who are at greater risk than ever before, especially those who don't know where their next meal is coming from. Now, luckily, Meals on Wheels is out in the streets delivering meals to elderly Americans every single day to keep them safe and nourished in their communities across the country. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if you spend a million dollars on a face mask, it will probably protect you from coronavirus, but you'll probably test positive for being a douchebag. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 